0: Welcome back, everybody, for another episode. I'm so grateful to have in the studio today Kate Vastrak, who is a certified grief therapist and author. Welcome, Kate.
1: Thank you for having me, Gavin. I appreciate being here.
0: Kate, how does one become a a, a grief therapist?
1: Well, first and foremost, I went and got certification from a well-known agency that um, certifies a lot of uh, grief therapists, but I also have a background in mental health uh, advocacy. So I thought it was a perfect fit because not only my own healing journey brought me along the path to healing my own grief, and I thought what better to offer this service to others because I could relate to them uh, after having lost my entire family when I was only 13. It's,
0: it's when you, when you say that it sounds really tragic and it must've been, uh, so I'm sorry for what you must've gone through, but you're using it as your gift now, which is a beautiful thing. Yes, um, and for sure. How, how did that 13 year old girl feel? Because I, I can kind of, Imagine that it's almost unimaginable to be able to put it in words.
1: Yes, it is. But at the same time, when I was a young girl, I realized as much as I was hurting over the loss of my family, I was about giving back. And I was here for a reason and a purpose. And being only 13, I was very lonely, of course, and it was devastating. But I kept asking, you know, God, source, whatever you want to call it, uh, what was next for me? And what could I do to make an impact, make a difference? And my goal was to always impact at least one person's life to make a difference. And I said in my goal at that age that if I touched one life, then my purpose on earth was was fulfilled. But ironically enough, I brought more than one person to my own uh, Practice, but I feel now I'm on a mission to save a billion lives from the downward spiral that grief can cause because we get stuck in the grief and we think that that's what all we have to focus on. But there's more to it because our loved ones aren't not suffering. Uh, we don't need to be suffering. They want us to live on in their legacy that they weren't able to live on. And that's what I'm truly on a mission and passion to do in this world because as much as my mother died being a missionary with missionaries on top of that i knew just before she was to leave that that would be the last day i would see her and being an empath as i realized later on in life that i was and it wasn't supported when i was a young child like not too many adults knew how to work with gifted children back in the day and i'm aging myself here but that being said um there's more awareness now of you know gifts that people have to be able to um, know that intuitive sense that sixth sense that's prodding you and know that something's about to happen that is tragic but yet you just can't stop it and uh, I tried to believe it or not that day before my mother and brother left and so I I lost them all at once and that wasn't easy um, but needless to say I uh, said okay God and I, I did get angry at God too. Um, initially, because I said why we were only doing a good service of giving back and this had to happen. So again, I went through my cathartic healing before I became a therapist, because I felt that the only way and even when you go through your schooling, you have to heal yourself in order to be able to get out there and reach others and help them heal. You have to heal yourself first. And that was my mission. That was my passion to say, okay, what is this grief really trying to say to me? And that's where it led me now to be in a three time international best-selling author to help put light, shed light on the power of forgiveness and the power of letting go. But self-compassion, most of all, and leaning into that.
0: Um, just before we move on to those topics, because they're great topics. Um, uh, it's just human curiosity. How were they taken from you?
1: Well, my mother and brother were killed uh, instantly in a uh, motor vehicle accident where the transport truck driver uh, fell asleep behind the wheel and took out an entire bridge. And uh, four of them were killed instantly. And um, the missionary's two children were the only survivors, thankfully. Um, but they're still here and I'm best friends with them. And then of course, my um, father died in a coma Uh, didn't wake up out of the coma. Um, It was a sad occasion uh, that uh, he was a diabetic and um, he was assisted suicide. His uh, girlfriend's son gave him three potent bottles of pure liquor and that set him into a, a coma after he hit his head. And then my uh, brother, my last brother, because my brother and mother died together. My last brother was just killed nine years ago. Actually, he was riding his bicycle and he was um, uh, impacted uh, with the vehicle and uh, died almost instantly. But I had to actually pull the plug because he was just going to be a vegetable. So yeah, so it was very tragic. Um, and of course, my grandparents before that of cancer and uh, heart and uh, aneurysm. But uh, I realized that I had this diversity of loss, including losing a child, that I realized that grief was all around me. It was inevitable. Everybody goes through it. It doesn't matter how it exactly happens, but it's a shock to the system. The nervous system needs to be validated and supported, but most of all cared for and gently taken care of. And that's what I'm here to speak to.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing so openly. Um, The power of letting go, it's such a big tool. We've all had things happen to us in our lives um, on a scale of every day to tragic and trauma. Um, And sometimes it's not easy to let go. You know, sometimes we hold that in us for years, decades, in some cases, even a lifetime. So how can we learn to let go?
1: Yes, letting go has to be first a step in the direction of allowing yourself not to feel that it's going to be um, the end for you. I believe when I first was... um, Healing through my shamanism background is that letting go made me feel like I was free falling and nobody was there to catch me. And because I had lost my entire family, I went through that lonely period and wondering who is going to support me. And really, the best person to support myself was me. And I realized with a near death experience of a tree falling on my home and then falling on me that it was only me to pick myself up. And I had to let go of looking outside of myself for love and approval and compassion and and all the support because outside of you can only be um, superficial sometimes. It's not long lasting. So what you really need to realize as the person grieving is that letting go is allowing that peace to come in. However, that peace comes in is individually personal. And for me, the peace that I received was that I knew that I was here for a mightier purpose and that my life was still saved for a reason and that my, my deeds here on earth were not done, even though my family had all died and tragically in most cases, but I realized that I was the gift to them to still be here. And the gift of trauma in my past was my ability to become the catalyst to help others heal So I turned my pain into purpose and I uh, contained my message into um, being a messenger for others to um, not just be a mess, but a victorious um, survivor thriving in a world that um, letting go is not always that easy or supported, but I don't run to anything to medicate or self-loathe. I choose to go within and finding that peace within is the journey that I went on and that's what I speak of in my books.
0: It's really interesting to me because you talk about that peace within, you know, I've noticed at certain points in my life let's say I am focusing on my health so I, I stopped drinking alcohol then something else tends to increase and you know there's this kind of this this balance of disbalance going on and I think when you find that piece, you do start to really feel the balance, right?
1: Yes, because when you don't have to go to a crutch to lean on, like either a substance or um, even food, even relationships, even prostituting yourself, I never went to those extremes. Sure, I must admit sugar has been my downfall. I realized that when I crave a lot of sugar, there's something emotional that I'm holding back. And just recently, I did a neurolinguistic process that I put the connection to why that was as a little girl I envied my cousin who had always candy galore to fill her need when her mother left her to go on trips with a, a boyfriend at that time and but as I grew up I was envious so I held that within my soul and my gut that okay that in order to feel comforted I needed to go to sugar to be that comfort because that's all I knew that's all I saw So it's reprogramming the subconscious. There's so much, 90% of our subconscious is why we do what we do. So when you tap into the subconscious and you realize where your behaviors are and your belief systems are stuck, then you can unravel them and unpack them to see that, no, in essence, you are love and you don't need to look outside of yourself for love or, you know, self-loathing or self-medicating or stuffing the emotions down with food, sugar, or any kind of substance
0: you um one of your books is called ignite the inner hunger um, for you
1: yeah ignite hunger in you and that book i uh, wrote with les brown and other authors about 34 other authors and um, i put a chapter in there about how i took the near death experience as a wake up call for me to say, okay, I survived. And here I'm now to make my life purpose live in full color, not in black and white, because after that happened, I wasn't able to even look at light. But I believe it's because internally, I wasn't embracing my light, because I was still in the thrust of my brother's uh, seven-year battle that I battled before the courts for uh, trying to get the gentleman or two gentlemen that killed my brother to be behind bars to prove to the 26 children that were involved that uh, there was justice. But I realized it wasn't my control, my power, my ego was really running the show. It wasn't who I was. And when I really dove deep within myself, it was that I needed to forgive myself for having wanted revenge. Even though I'm not a mean person, I can't even kill a a ladybug. I let it out the door before I would even stomp on it. But that being said, I was energetically feeling that I wanted revenge, that somebody would take the pain away or just feel an ounce of the pain that I had endured. But that was, in essence, attracting The negative near-death experiences, car accidents, you name it, was happening to me because I was dwelling on it too much. And I made it my focus because what you focus on, that's what you multiply. And that's what I'm here to say, that I had to change the trajectory of my life. I couldn't keep going down that black and white path because life is not black and white. It is full of color and it is full of vibrancy. And you are the light that makes that shine. And what you do with your light is the impact that you make. So this book um, really spoke to me to be with Les Brown, who is a mentor of mine, who spoke on how to be motivational and inspirational to many, many lives because he turned his um, past into a powerful presence in the world, and that's what I longed for because I didn't want the gratification from others, but I wanted to feel that I was impacting other people's lives. So instead of dwelling on something I couldn't change, like losing my whole entire family, and especially my last brother, which was most impactful because he was 38 and he still had five children to take care of. And this gentleman that killed him had six children, and I couldn't fathom how someone could live conscious free of, for his actions. And That was wrong focus for me, but yet I still had to do the work. I sat in forgiveness circles with a murderer in front of me and had to go through the process of forgiveness. And that was not easy. I must say, I didn't shake his hand and say, good job for taking my last sibling. I set a boundary, but I walked away from those healing circles impacted to say that my life was here for a reason and I needed to now change the trajectory and not make make sure that the children that were involved see an impact that i was making being a difference not being that gloom and doom of well i wish only bad things and it's not that that i didn't intentionally do it but subconsciously that's where our mind goes because we're only in grief and when we get stuck in grief we can want to perpetuate all of those negative thoughts
0: yeah absolutely uh where your energy goes focus flows as they say
1: Exactly. And my focus was, and in essence, and everybody does need to go through like I'm a grief therapist, everybody needs to go through their grief therapy, their grief process. And sometimes you will revisit the cycle of grief of anger and all the different emotions and different gateways, but you're not to stay there because it's only for a season. And it's happening for a reason for you to visit it because there's another layer to heal. So when you realize that the real essence of releasing that trauma of grief is because you are the forgiveness that the world needs to be uh, seen, because in essence, I had to forgive my brother even for having left me that way and having me go through the court system the way I did. But yet I use the impact statements in front of the court to empty out all the regrets. And even with my mother's death, like I'd never grieved that capacity. So one grief after another compounds, compounded my grief. And I didn't realize that I had to revisit the grief that I hadn't fully visited when my mother and brother died. I just kind of went about my way of becoming a workaholic, a perfectionist and seeking approval in everything that I did as far as working four or five jobs at a time. And that was how I grieved. That's how I coped. And people go through grief in different ways but that's how i realized that i had to halt everything and stop and say what's really here and within me was a turbulent volcano ready to erupt and like lose it and i realized i had to because of that near-death experience of bringing me down on my knees with that tree it made me connect to my mind body and spirit as the yogi says we are a tree of life and i was not full of life i was full of doom and gloom and saying okay What else is going to happen to me next? And instead, I had to choose the trajectory of like, no, I'm here for a purpose. I take back my life and I'm going to claim it and change other lives by the impact that I can make. And that's why that book really speaks to me as well as the Ignite Possibilities that I wrote and even the love anthology, because that's what truly we are, is love. But when we come from pain and suffering, we mask that love. And we need to unveil that love so the world can see that love that we are even through the pain and grief and sorrow because we are much more than what we give ourselves credit in the in the instance that we lose someone.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's interesting you talk about it. I, I lost my mom when I was 18 uh, to cancer. She'd been battling for a couple of years. And it's something that I still... Well, I think I'll probably always be dealing with. Um, over the years I've dealt with it differently. I think and first I was quiet, then I was angry. Uh, you know, and you go through different phases, but uh I don't think one can ever get over the loss of a, a loved one, uh, particularly when it's t- when they're taken away from you so young. That's uh it's tough on anybody. What I uh would love to ask now is. And it's a chapter in your book is how do you fall in in love with yourself?
1: Well, that has been a journey for me because I also, um, through the grief of my brother, uh, ended a marriage of 21 years. And I realized that in that marriage, I wasn't really truly in love with myself. I held on wanting a purpose and I had children. So that gave me a purpose to live. And that gave me a reason to live because, of course, all around me was death and grief and sorrow. And I realized that if I could give hope now to the world and to others, that would give me more of a legacy to leave behind for my beautiful children. So unfortunately, yes, my marriage ended, but we're best friends now because I've learned to love myself as much as I loved him when we were in the marriage. I wasn't truly in love because I wasn't in love with myself. So I learned to navigate love for myself and that has been a journey and uh, I'm still in that process because we're never done. We're never done healing and it's a lifelong journey. And I'm truly saying in this moment right now, as I spoke on a clubhouse room last night, over three or uh, four hours, I was on uh, helping others just unveil their trauma and that I realized that every time there's a piece of us that we offer up and we, we take the blindfolds off and we unmask what really is there. We can truly see the innocence of who we are. And that is what I had to get back to. That little girl that lost her mother at 13 years of age felt lost and in, in, in really in chaos, really, because I lost my grandmother right after that. So I was left all alone as an orphan, nobody to take care of me but myself. I didn't want to go into care. I didn't want to go into foster homes, but yet the church was there. But then again, I went into a home within the church that wasn't a positive experience, we'll just say, and I was re-traumatized there. But then I went on to Bible college and realized that, you know, there was a mightier purpose for me. And so along my path to even becoming a grief therapist, I was always seeking to be better, to be accepting of others and to have that acceptance of others, but most of all, to feel included and to feel the connection. But yet, I was missing the connection within me. So now I might obviously say to you that my mind, body, and spirit is more connected as one because I'm on a greater mission now. That faith has been my my catalyst that i've always realized that there's a higher power there that keeps us going even our loved ones are with us in spirit and and they've come to me in different ways in fact even last night somebody drew pictures of them and sent them to me from the room that i was hosting and it was just a testament to say that we're never alone but we feel that loving ourselves has to be with somebody else but it doesn't necessarily have to start that way sure a relationship just complements you But the love for yourself is unspeakable because you can gleam it in everything that you are because people feel it because you come from the place of self-love first and your cup is full and you only serve from the overflow. And that concept, not a lot of people got and I didn't know it until my cup was empty. And I realized I was serving, doing, giving and being for everyone else. But myself that day when I had almost that, Near, well I did have a near-death experience and the doctors can't believe I'm still here but I I realized that there was a mightier uh, power out there that woke me up and said you're here still for a purpose start living in that purpose and not not from the negative of the past and that's where truly self-love blossomed within me and it still is um evolving we're always evolving right so it's a lifelong journey but Loving ourselves is starting to do the affirmation, starting to look yourself in the mirror and saying who you really truly feel you are and that you're worthy of the love and you are love and really embodying it, not just expecting others to give it to you. It has to come from yourself. And I do an exercise with people to help them that the masculine and feminine energy that we both are is that you look in the mirror in your right eye and that is the feminine energy. masculine energy. And when you look in the left eye, it is the masculine energy. So when you have someone to forgive, and when you need to let go of someone, you go into that um, eye and you say everything that you need to, to empty out unforgiveness and say and pour out all the things you wish you could have said to that loved one, but never had the opportunity to, and it's never too late to do it. It is so cathartic and it's so releasing from the cells of your body. And it helps you feel freedom and it helps you feel expansiveness and your heart just opens. And there's another exercise. I was just reading a book before I got on here that someone said that Louise Hay, um, Gordon um, Ramsey also, uh, not Gordon Ramsey. Um, there's that another name, Gordon, um, a, a gentleman Gordon that uh, just wrote a book that I was reading. And he said, cup your hands around your heart and just embody that five-year-old child in front of you, and imagine that you need to pour in love to that five-year-old, and just glean that love to that child, because within us, we all have an inner child, and Doug Gordon, that was the name. I read his book, he just released Step Up, and uh, Ignite the Life uh, and Success in You, and That's what I really truly am embodying that the inner child needs the love and needs the love and compassion that we never got as children. Like even that 13 year old, I've learned to love her at different stages, but especially at that age when nobody could comfort me, nobody was there to fill the void. And even to this day, I look at myself and comfort myself. And there's ways to do that. There's ways to find those comfort things that you enjoy doing. Um, not just the affirmations, but, you know, that nervous system leans into breath work and meditation and empowerment to speak from that place of silence and just listening to that inner God whisper. And that's where I get really directed in my life to self-love and relax my nervous system to embody what true love is.
0: So what's really interesting for me is for any of the listeners that are trying to tap into um the spirituality shall we say through meditation visualization and other um things methods uh i think it's really important to understand because at the moment i'm going through quite a lot of stuff and my mind is very disorganized and busy and as much as i have the ability to tap in like that because of my practice i just at the moment, I'm not doing that all the time and actually finding it quite hard. And sometimes it takes so long that I just move on and do something else. So, you know, everything in life, and this really is to the listeners, is a practice. And give yourself the grace when you need to, to understand that the practice isn't always perfect. The practice doesn't always have the outcome that you want. The practice doesn't necessarily to get you where you think you want to get to, but it does take you on the path to you know being the best version of yourself by whichever means that might be so stick in there with some patience guys it's uh Kate is dropping some unbelievable value here and I' I'm, I'm sure you're all paying attention on the edge of your seats
1: um and I just want to say that when you start meditating even if it's a walking meditation, That is healing, going out in nature and grounding while you meditate, like embracing gratitude in everything that's around you. I listened to Bob Proctor uh, meditations, and that's what he talks about. Abundance is everywhere. When we can look at the simplest little things and then get quiet after that, because when you can see that gratitude come out around you, it just multiplies. Because, again, what we focus on grows and magnifies our purpose, because And gratitude, that's what I had to do. I had to be grateful that my family were taken the way they were because they didn't suffer a long battle. Of course, it was hard enough. It was tragic enough. But it wasn't that they had to endure a long, drawn-out suffering. And that's what I'm here to spark your listeners to realize that we don't have to suffer. We don't have to be the ones to dwell on the suffering, but yet say, what's the gift in it? And the trauma, like I was speaking in my room last night, is that people couldn't believe what trauma can be a gift. And it is. Death can be a gift because it makes you awaken to the possibilities that are unlimited, that you're still here. You're the gift to make the difference in the world. And that's why I started writing because my story can save someone's life. And that's what I want. I've saved so many lives during my healing process, during COVID, that that sparks me to say, hey, if I can keep doing that, My legacy means more than any money could ever bring me. Anybody could bring me in a relationship to even my my family coming back uh, in spirit world. They're always around me, but yet now I embrace it because spirit is awakened within me because I took that time to meditate, took that time to do the breath work, to get in tune with my nervous system and really zone in and, and see where the stuck energy is. And when we can realize that stuck energy is just unforgiveness, that is transparency coming full fruition when we're authentic and we're in our vulnerability, like what I have just shared with you is vulnerable, but yet I'm from a healed place and I'm still healing from different aspects of that. I will never say I'm totally healed because we're always evolving. There's always something that we need to forgive. And I say the Honopono prayer, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And that's a simple mantra that I encourage your listeners to take away today. If nothing else that, you know, thank yourself for showing up for yourself and apologize to yourself that you've been hard on yourself, but also say that, you know, it, even though what I've gone through has been tough, I'm still here and I love you. And that inner child, whatever age it shows up as every day, just love on her or him and just say, we can do this together and champion that inner child and become your best mentor and best hero, because we all have superpowers. So let's use them for our good and for the world. So the world can be a better place and peace starts within us. And when we create the peace within us, we bring that to the world as well as joy, love, and happiness. So thank you.
0: Thank you so much. That's beautiful. I know you're about to write the fourth book. Um, Would you like to just go through the three books, name them and tell the listeners where they could get a copy if they wanted to?
1: Yes, I'm currently working on Ignite Your Faith. That's going to be releasing in April. So I'm on a tight deadline. But the other ones that I wrote in order was Ignite Possibilities. And that's where I talk about how you can turn a near-death experience into a positive um, igniting moment for others to realize that when we go through trying times, it's happening for us, even though it's happening to us. And then the second book that I wrote with, it was a gift to me um, to write the Ignite the Hunger in You with Les Brown and 34 other authors was a gift of using my voice to um, speak again. Because as a child, I was silenced. I was uh, told to not speak. I was to suffer in silence. And that actually was my best gift that I realize now that, I've learned to go within. And then my third book is the Queen of Hearts Anthology. And this one is where I lean on my faith. And I say through Christ, all things are strengthened through me. um, But it's not of my own will or my own ego. It is through Christ, through my faith. And that's why I felt um, inclined to do this one on faith and forgiveness, because truly I was in a near-death experience, eight weeks in the hospital, not eating or drinking, and I almost died on the operating table. I didn't know what they were going to do when they did exploratory surgery. So that's my little peek into the story that I'm going to be writing in the faith book. Because when we feel that there's no hope left, there's always a spark that comes and brings us alive and makes us say, there's a reason for this, and it's a gift. And what is the gift? Lean into it because the gift can keep on giving once you say I accept. But when you don't want to receive, which it was a hard thing for me to work on, is the receiving. I was always about giving, 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 but I had to learn to receive and balance for the masculine and feminine energy to be in sync. And that's what I encourage everyone to lean into. Check in with yourself and say, is there anyone that I have to forgive either from my maternal instincts or my fraternal? go through that process look in the mirror at your eye and just empty out because when you're looking through your eye you're looking through the eyes of your loved ones and they are with you in spirit but they created you in their likeness and in their love and with all their compassion and generosity that they gave you through the years that they were here now it's time for you to give back that generosity and love and compassion to yourself and then to the world and that's why we're here today and i'm just so grateful gavin that you gave me this opportunity that, uh, you know, can spark maybe hope in your listeners and faith that, you know, as a grain of mustard seed, we can too rise up, because it just takes a little faith, a little hope, and a little trust in yourself that you are here for a mightier purpose. And the impact that you can make can ripple throughout the whole world. And that's what I love about podcasts and clubhouse and book writing and so many other tools that I've been tapping into to awaken other people to believe in the power of love and forgiveness and self-love, most of all, and self-compassion. It's underrated and it's not talked enough about, but we need self-compassion. We can be compassionate when other people die, but we need to be compassionate to ourselves first. That Yes, we showed up for ourselves and I'm sorry, but please forgive me for not being perfect and not having all the answers. But I do love you and I thank you for showing up, just like I'm thankful for this opportunity, Gavin. So thank you.
0: I'm very grateful that we uh, were connected by a mutual friend and that we're here sharing this moment together. Um, If anyone wants to reach out and get in touch with you, uh, how can they do that?
1: Well, I have a website, uh, www.sacredrootscoaching.com. And also I'm on all platforms. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on IG as four sacred roots, uh, four sacred underscore roots, and also on, um, LinkedIn as Kate Frastak, you'll find me. And, uh, even on, um, Facebook, I'm on on, uh, there as well. And uh, I love to speak to anybody to help them get out of the ruts that grief can get you stuck in or even just unforgiveness because that's my passion to help people forgive themselves like I had to that fateful day. And then I was able to look at sunlight and embrace my light again after that near death experience. And I just wanna glean that love and light to you that you are because I now embrace it for myself first and foremost and that's what we all need to do so if you want to reach out know that you're going to reach out to somebody who's walk walks the talk and has lived the life and is leaving a legacy of touching lives to impact to be the difference and the change that we want to see in the world that gandhi speaks up so thank you very much
0: amazing it's been such a great pleasure to host you today i've just got one last question uh what does stay outstanding mean to you
1: Well, that I love so much because when we're outstanding, we are embracing who we are here, the authenticity that we are. And when we stay standing, we rise up to our own possibilities that are infinite. And when we're outstanding, we're just living in our authenticity, but vulnerability. That's where I truly feel like as much as I've gone through tragedy and trauma and loss and just you name it, I've gone through it. I am still standing as I shared that song of Elton John last night in my room, still standing. And then the unstoppable song by um, Sierra, Sarah, I forget her name, but um, that's what truly we are. We're unstoppable when we can rise up after all adversity. And um, yeah, I'm here to say that i'm not a con- i'm not a conqueror of everything but i'm working through it we're all a work in progress right and as we embrace our faith our trust in ourselves but self compassion and forgiveness we can accomplish anything so keep standing st- tall and be outstanding, because that's what we truly are within us. And that inner child wants to believe in us too, as adults, and we just got to rise up to that occasion and challenge ourselves. So thank you for that challenging question. But yet, it's a full winded question to uh, embrace because it's always interesting to see that outstanding can mean so many things, but you don't have to be in the limelight to be outstanding. You can be behind the scenes like I have been for many, many years helping um, those with disabilities get a voice and be heard and seen and witnessed. And that has given me the humble humility that I see that everybody, even in wheelchairs, even with no limbs, even with no eyesight, you can be outstanding because you could speak from a place of love because you've loved yourself to get resilient, overcoming what you've outlasted in your life and what you're truly still living in, but you live with a positive attitude and you give that to the world because what you overcome, you'll inspire the next person to overcome. So thank you.
0: Thank you so much for sharing. Um so vulnerably, courageously, and authentically, Kate. It's been so great having you on the show uh i'm so pleased to have had this time and space to share with you and to give our listeners a little time and insight into getting to know you and how you serve in the world thank you so much
1: thank you so much gavin and thank you to all your listeners and uh i hope uh i've left one thing at least uh that's imprinted on their hearts so much love to everyone
0: more than one kate more than one (laughs) thank you Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed the content and got any value, please do like it, rate it, follow, subscribe, and leave a comment. You'll find us across all the social media channels, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. All the links are in the show notes. It's been my privilege to host you today. I'm Gavin Scott. Until next time, stay outstanding.